all tucked up in your little blankie. Yeah. You got a, I see you've got a little hat on there. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. got got oh what's this? Is that it's a, is this a little pail for gathering things in? Yeah. Mmm, it looks like a little pumpkin. Yeah. And I see you've drawn a little smiley face on it. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got your little rosy cheeks there. Yeah. I guess the winter cold is starting to come yeah. in. It's all <laughs> it's all autuming you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm smelling a lot of nutmeg and cinnamon. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What 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 is this all about? A means poopy. That means poopy. <laughs> Not quite getting into the spoopy. We considered maybe some fangs. Spoopy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, very, very, very spoopy. Yeah. Ooh. Spoopy. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, you spooked me. Yeah. Oh, you spooked me. Yeah. There you go. Have a small packet of jelly tots. Yeah. <laughs> Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Here's a podcast where we talk about all the things what we've done in the week. We're two queer trans women. We do silly voices and skits. How are you doing on this day? I'm a sleepy bean. I'm so sleepy. I'm also a sleepy bean. I don't know what it is today. The sleepy beanitude has got me. <laughs> Couldn't sleep last night. Woke up this morning. I was very tired and then I couldn't get back to sleep but it was only 7 o'clock so when it got to about half 7 I did manage to fall back asleep and then I got up for work dead on 10 which is when I had to be at work I have had a few nights of intense dreams and that's made me a sleepy bean oh no you're a sleepy little bean and and it's it's dice funk recording night as of recording this which means it's going to be another late night and another sleepy bean Tuesday night is a very busy night for Sleepy us. Sleepy bean o'clock. Mm. Uh, so let's get on to the things we've done in the week because we're both very sleepy. What have you played this week? Gosh, we played big. We finished a big legacy board game. We, we finished Clank Legacy. We finished Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated. Yes, we uh, we did the final two missions. Yes. Uh, in in a big sort of back to back session. Yes. Um, it took us a good seven hours to get through the last yeah. two missions. <laughs> that that game. Th- the time flies by pretty fast, but like th- those that, are not quick. That, definitely that one. Yeah, did. toward the end, that is not a quick game. I mean, it was never a quick game. Yeah, like from the very beginning, I was used to. I was like from the beginning, I was expecting it was still going to be like normal clank. It was going to be maybe an hour with a few extra little bits thrown in yeah. for, for plot. But like by virtue of having that big book full of, of stopping, story stuff stopping to read stories having to make bigger decisions because you don't know what's going to get uncovered yep yeah like a, a quick game of clank legacy was like two hours yeah often it was closer to two and a half or three, or three yeah um and then you take a break in the middle and do a second one yes um but yeah really enjoyed it I I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed uh, a lot of the new art style stuff for yeah. for the um the cards exclusively for that. I enjoyed the the mission concept of um were they missions like the the green cards that came out of the adventure deck. Oh yes, the events. Events. So yeah. like just the fact that periodically you can have things that have been added to that deck. 
that you will have to do every single time they come up? Um, I really like the end state of that game in terms of creating essentially two new versions of Clank yep. that you can play ongoing. Very and I say, customizable. Yeah, and I say two versions in that, like, there are some fundamentally different rules on the Each overground the and underground yeah. side of the board that fundamentally change how scoring works. Yep, even right into the the last chapter. Yes. I I, I quite like that the final two missions both kind of establish here is your new big point scoring difficult objective for this side of the board mm. Um, that are like, you're going to have to go out of your way a little, but there are some big points to be made if you can do blank. Yep. And... I think that's a really satisfying like end goal because it builds up to it really like really gradually. Yeah. Um. To like yeah, it feels like a fair addition to have these big scoring things added at the end, yeah. and they naturally come up as you're sort of exploring the story, which is cool. Yay. Um. I yeah, I really liked it. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm. I I liked that there were the fun surprises all the way through. That that version is going to have little custom things that. Every time it yeah. gets played, people are going to be like, hey, it's that thing that we did. Yeah, it 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 feels like a very, like, even if you're just playing regular non-legacy games of it afterwards, you're going to constantly be coming up against, oh yeah, that's a thing we customised, that's like that because of choices we made. Things that we, we did to certain cards that have yeah. changed them forever. Um, yeah, and I Cards like... that just don't exist anymore. Yeah. The fact that there is a different number of black cubes because of decisions yeah. we made. I like that there is stuff that we never experienced that is experienceable in the post game, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Like, you like you can use a different patron every yeah. time. There, there is new content that is like, hey, you finished the story. Here's new stuff to play with when you play it by itself. Yeah. And I don't think any of us is ready to come back to that immediately yeah. because like that has been our game well, with that group like for a while six months but i could see us like a like six month or a, you know a year from now going do you fancy just like a uh clank legacy yeah, go yeah. I, I could potentially see that i think the, I, the thing i think now is though that that is certainly going to be a more usual period yes. of time spent playing that game yes so it's going to be a lot easier less to do. less narrative and more Clear. I'm going for point scoring. There's less umming and daring over yeah over possibilities and stopping for plot and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think that would be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I I really like that it is still a playable game at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, we had a big old gaming day uh, at the weekend. We did. Uh, should we talk about? Uh, we we played. Alice is Missing. We did. We finally got around to play yeah. Alice is Missing. Um, fantastic, if very intense experience. Oh, yes. So, um... A little bit of, of, of a slow start at the beginning. Yes. It, it was a bit of, like, I, a little bit of setup slowness that came from... None like, of us haven't played. I've read stuff in principle in the rule book, but until you're actually doing the setup and playing the game, it's a little difficult to see how some of the things connect up a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't want to watch videos on it because i wanted that first experience to go as unknown as possible mm -hmm. um but the idea about this game for anyone who doesn't know anything about it is it is a game entirely based on having a group text conversation uh in in character in role play without talking out loud um 
It is a story of a girl called Alice has gone missing, and you play various people who knew her through various connections. Mm-hmm. And there are various prompts that you sort of talk through as a group uh, initially to basically just to give yourself some space to agree on things before the intense bit starts, because you're not going to have time to think once it gets going. Yeah. Um, like lots of let's let's set up some potential things so that you have ideas before we jump in. Mm, like tell us yeah. a, a thing about this character. Yeah, or tell us a thing about this location that makes it suspicious. So if it comes up later, you go, oh yeah, I remember we talked about what may- might make that suspicious. We can sort of get get into the meat of that quicker. Mm-hmm. And you then deal out a bunch of cards that have times on them from ninety down to down to ten, and a ninety minute timer starts. And you just start a text chat in like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or whatever your group chat of choices. Mm. Um, and every 10, sometimes five minutes, a card will get turned over that will prompt revealing a suspicious person or a suspicious location and something, uh, some prompt of how that might be important for that person to introduce into the chat. But it's just 90 minutes of playing characters. Uh, undergoing the rapidly changing nature of a mystery. Mm. Um, like, it's not a mystery-solving game in the case of, like, at the sense of this is a puzzle that you have to work out the answers to. It's, we're going to keep giving you narrative prompts. Talk through this as if you're sol- solving a mystery. Talk through it mm. as if these events are just happening. Here is a prompt for 90 minutes of collaborative storytelling. Yeah. Um, I think it's really well-paced. Yeah. Um... Did, I, I thought 90 minutes of typing in a text group chat would feel a lot more dead air than it did. I think that very much depends on who you're playing with. Definitely. Like, at one point, there were I was getting private messages from all three other players. Yeah. And we were having group chat messages, and I was starting to get that, like, yes, freaked out, overwhelmed I, that I often get with group chats generally. Yes. I stopped, uh, yeah, I, I started, I did like one little private message uh, exchange with everyone yeah. and then very quickly stopped because I was like, the, they, they suggest you can do it. And uh, there was at least one opportunity where it was really useful for me. Um, yeah. I had an interaction with a character who was Alice's brother and that seemed the right person to let my character's little secret come out to. Mm. Um, but generally I was like, I don't have time and focus for this. The the main group chat is moving way too fast for me to be having side conversations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that I feel like it worked best when we were all sticking in the group chat. Yeah. And everything was happening where everyone could see it. Was it was certainly a lot less overwhelming. There were there were a few times when it felt narratively appropriate. Yeah. Like specifically my, my, the first card I turned over that was in front of me. Like, it felt appropriate to the narrative to me to at least have a conversation with that yeah. other player uh, or with another player beforehand. Yes. Before, like, starting to chat about that in yeah. group. Whereas I I was... I don't know if it was something to do with an, another person's card, but the first person who started trying to message me privately, I was like, I don't understand why we're not just having this conversation in the, yeah. in the group. I. Like it, a, a bit of advice I would give if I ran this again would very much be have conversations in the group unless there is a good reason not to. Yeah. Like prioritize group conversations unless you have to. Yeah. Go outside of that. But uh, yeah, it. I I really appreciate that this book does a good job of setting out like, hey, what the potential stakes are. 
giving a lot of tools for like if there's something you know up front you don't want to be a stake in this narrative that uh, like how to how to make that known yeah. if something comes up mid-story what to do um making sure there is time for debrief at the end because mm -hmm. uh we had one of the more emotionally uh intense ways that could have ended mm. and we all needed a minute to just sort of sit and what take I it in generally it is one of those experiences where you just want to have a decompress and and yeah. talk through everything that's just happened anyway i i think all four of us were kind of surprised by how emotionally invested we got in these characters that quickly um yeah 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 i think we we got quite into it um I mean, definitely there was a moment when a piece of news was announced and I just started crying and I was like, oh, like... Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it reminded me of some of the moments I've had playing D&D &D campaigns, usually like, you know, tens of hours deep into a D&D &D campaign when something happens and I'll have a little, oh no, that's hit me emotionally, like that's yeah. really happened. This did a really good job of its pacing too so quickly get me to that place of mm -hmm. role-playing investment yeah i mean i think um if we played it with a different group yeah we could certainly do run things in such a way as to to um help out uh yes uh, and understand like how we can have a conversation like because i think part of what really got us into it is as we moved on through the narrative realizing that we can pretty much say whatever we want yes um Yes, like the like the, those prompt cards that you have, the the ones with the yeah. flashlight on the back, like you don't have to pull any of those. Yeah. So none of those actually overall matter to the plot as it's told. It's just a hey, this thing happened. Yeah. I I think generally the thing I would suggest to a new group if we're playing this before is like, um, you can generally come up with whatever you want, with the limitation of. Don't say anything that's going to lock in. So and so definitely did something that is definitely the reason the bad, like that that the bad thing occurred, until a card prompts you. Like yeah. as long as you are not locking in, say this person definitely died or went missing, or definitely what, definitely something happened here, hmm. and this person definitely did it. Outside of that, you really have a lot of yeah. You freedom. need to leave. Um some space on the map so you could like one of the one of the big things that came up very early on was i was one of the last people to see alice yeah i have an evening like it was knowledge to several people we had been at a nightclub yeah. and we'd been to see a gig and we went home separately because we live on opposite sides of town yeah and i like I don't think a card had prompted it, but someone had brought into the conversation, oh, this person who is a possible suspect was at that place. And that is fine to do, because as long as you don't lock in, that definitely means they did it. Yeah, you can play around with people being in places and... Um, to a that was... Uh, I mean, I certainly mentioned a person was in a place, and yes. that was on the on my card. Yes. It was um, draw a suspect oh, okay, yeah. and talk about it. So I just went... Um, that person okay. was at this place because we yeah. had that place out already. Yeah, and I wanted to, and also part of my uh, one of my secrets or one of my other prompts yeah. had something about you have this has happened and you need yeah. to 
say something about it. I was like, well, okay, well, I'll, I'll try and tie that in while I've got yeah. this going on here. Yeah. Well, I think one of my favourite bits of the storytelling we did was where someone came up with a location that wasn't one of the cards uh, that had been dealt out for locations. The graveyard um, yes. was not a location that was a card. Um, and they played around with um, one of the suspects was here doing a thing. That could be a red herring. Uh, you know, it, it didn't confirm anything, but it gave us space to go, oh, I'll go investigate there. Yeah. Maybe I'll find something that corroborates what you said, but again, doesn't, you know, there might be another explanation for it. Like, as long as you don't pen um, a narrative thread into such a point that the only possible explanation is that they did it mm. before you know they've done it, there is a lot of open freedom. And I was surprised at how well all of our narrative spreading out pulled nicely in together at the end. Like, I think it had to, because yeah. there comes a point towards the end where things are narrowed down for you. Yes. And that is done in such a way as to go, this thing, uh, this this place, this person yes. are the most important. Yes. And then you, as the like, uh, facilitator for the game... Yeah had to be like, I am going to direct certain things, yeah. I'm going to make certain announcements about what is happening, Yeah, and we're going to go from there. Yes. Uh, the, the thing I think worked well is that it establishes who is involved and where they are involved with enough time left that you have time to sort of pivot. Like, if you weren't on that train of thought as mm. a group, you have time to go wait, that location's involved, that person's involved, um, how is that possible? And to start, like, pointing the narrative towards what you know is the conclusion. I think it also quite worked quite well because there was a lot of, hey, we, we should go and, and search these places. Yes. We should go and, and, and check these things out. And we'd established quite early on that they were all quite far apart from each other. Yes. So there was a lot of, like... I think I found a clue. Okay, I'm coming to you. Oh my god, I can't get to you. It's taking forever. Yes. I, I think another thing to maybe establish with a group is generally we are you are a group of people. In The reason you're in a group chat is because you are not in the same place as each other. You're all separately working on yeah, things. Yeah, there, there was a point where someone was like, hey, we should all go together to do this thing. And I was like, no, no, we need to spread out yeah. and cover more ground like to you, try we and... We wouldn't be doing a text chat if yeah. we all met up. Yes. And that is just a conceit you have to be okay with. Yeah. But like, yeah. Um, we also have... the fact that like at some point we were going to have to pull more cards from the deck and that, was, that wasn't really going to work if we were all technically supposed to be together. Uh, yeah, I really like how well it came together, because, like, yeah. at the end, we finished, and, like, we had our, our sort of debrief, and one of the things it sort of goes is, like, hey, what narrative threads have gone unanswered that you maybe want to give some closure? And we had maybe two or three minutes of, so, yeah, what was going on with this? Well, I, I my thinking was maybe it was something like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, and, yeah, maybe that ties in with this. Yeah. It was a couple of minutes of, what can we come up with to sort of tidy up? the threads we didn't say in the moment but yeah, yeah it is a really neat storytelling tool mm, yeah and... and there is a lot in that box yeah um, i think there is enough um randomness that you yeah. can probably play a good long time and a good many sessions before yeah. thinking about passing it on yeah but 
there's five set characters. They will yes. always be those five characters. They have a name. They have a relationship to Alice. Yeah. And they have a secret. Is that on that card? Uh, okay, so the main or is card... it the voicemail? That's so on? it's um, their relationship to Alice and a little bit about them. Uh, their secret and the voicemail, the last voicemail they left to Alice before she disappeared. Yeah, and then you've got another five cards which are related to... Um, yeah, so they are the kind of personality you have and like it might be some kind of flaw about how you communicate with the rest of the group. Yeah. And then a couple of relationships you can assign to other players to give you sort of some prompts about how you might interact with individuals within this group as oh. a dynamic. Yes. And then you've got the 90 minutes of cards where there are different cards that can show up for each of the 10 or 5 minute intervals. Yes. Plus what the results of those cards will be will vary depending on which um, victor, which suspect or location are turned yeah. over. So, like, there is a good amount of variation yeah. in there. So, like, initially, like, in a fight, if if you play constantly five-player games, yeah. you potentially have enough to play through the whole story four times with uh... completely different prompts at every ten-minute, five-minute Yeah, mark. yeah. And then after that, you can shuffle them and the randomness of that, plus yeah. the randomness of all the characters, plus the randomness of your second starter card are going to do... A huge amount of the heavy lifting with regards to how that all comes out, and I think it's very cool. Yeah, it it is it is certainly an intense one, but the tools are there for if there are certain plot threads that are gonna not be enjoyable for you mm. to make sure those aren't a part of your adventure. Yeah, and I think a lot of that stuff about um, like what you want a red card and and not how yeah. that 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 is all done in the conversation none of that's on the yeah. cards anyway so yeah you don't have to worry about that um i'm curious about the um the setup cuz when you were on the website looking for the wanted poster yes or the the missing poster there were seemed to be a bunch of different alices yes so i don't think there is anything mechanically different about those but whichever one of them you pick is ultimately going to f probably flavor the way you look at the character right um are there like, are any of them older because like um i think our alice was 16 year old pink hair uh i think they were black hair but they were sort of gothy they had pink bits yeah there was definitely a whole thing about pink bits which is why when i i don't think that was in the, the picture but i, I think yeah. it was on the description uh, underneath possibly which is why when i picked my character i was mm. like okay i am also gothy i have Black hair with red dip dye. Yeah. Um, yes, I believe they're all the same age because I believe it is school age person who's gone uh gone missing, but I I picked them after late I was they they seemed like a fun one that was gonna there was some story to to, to leap off from there. Mm. But again, yeah, you could change which Alice portrait you've got and I imagine different groups would give her a different personality based on the art. Yeah. Um yeah, I understand why people are have so much praise to say about this game, oh. and I thank you very much. It was a lovely You're gift. Welcome. Um, I it's got a uh, a YouTube video that's like uh, what was it like an hour and forty five minutes, maybe yes. a bit longer than that. Yeah, so it's and that's enough time to basically that's the ninety minute setup. Yeah. Plus a sitting with the video in the background. Yeah, so you've got some music going for the last like fifteen minutes while you debrief. There's no music, it just it's just yeah. the animation going. 
Oh yeah, but yeah, you've got you've got something at the end to just go, and we're we're still in it. We're we're working down. We're not immediately leaping into YouTube adverts. Yes, <laughs> to break the tension. Although there was that tension break pretty much as soon as we finished, where we all just we all just had a bit of a laugh, just like a you, that just tension release moment of yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I think it was healthy that we all just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. let let it out. Yeah. Um, and it was especially fun towards the end to just sort of go. I'm going to throw some extra characters in here. I'm going to throw yeah. some extra places. Like I, I ended up in a car. Yeah. Speeding well, towards. That's the thing. Once you know the who and the where, you can start playing around safely, knowing that you're not contradicting. Yeah. What the 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 end point is going to be, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played some other things. We did. We played another game of Kim Joy's Magic Bakery. This is the first time we played before. Yeah, it's quite funny because one 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 of our players at least is very into uh, deep strategy games yes. and big thinky things. And being presented with Kim Joy's Magic Bakery was a bit like, mm, I'm not sure about this. This is all a bit childish. <laughs> oh, 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 we're having trouble. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think they anticipated quite the level of um frantic, frantic cooperation that was going to be required, how close to the wire it was going to be, and how much they were going to have to be thinking about other people's card needs. Oh yeah, it looks cute. Yeah. And and I think that is a real big thing with that whole concept of you can tell everyone what is in their hand, but you cannot show them. Yes. So it is a constant case of when the frantic builds up, it's like, shit, did you have yeah. did you have were, flour? Were you working you on that? You told me a minute ago you had yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, who was doing this? Someone was doing that. And at one point someone going, No, no, don't worry about doing the thing. It was like, I am one thing away from answering yeah. that. Or the having to pivot and going, Oh crap, you have all the things, but you're not gonna have enough actions to get it done before the, the president's moved off the line. Yeah. Quick, pivot, what can you use that stuff to make instead? Solve somebody else instead. Oh. Uh. Yeah. That game is deceptively frantic. <laughs> and you know what? I genuinely, I, I really enjoyed it in four mm. player. I think that that franticness only increases with more people to keep track of. Yeah, two two player, like, despite the sense of, ah, oh, fuck, we're not going to manage this. It manages yeah. to stay quite sedate and yes. thoughtful. Whereas in four, you do sort of get a bit well, of like, ah, we've got manic rush on. I think part of it is because you've got a reduced number of actions per player. And going from three actions per player per turn down to two doesn't seem like it would be a big difference but there were so many extra rounds where it was like okay i got the ingredient i made the thing fuck i can't make the final i can't make the final recipe because i'm out of actions like that third yeah. action makes a big difference and you have to oh, play yes. really differently mm-hmm. yeah yeah the other thing we did was we played some jackbox party pack seven we did so we played some champed up Oh yes, this is the one where you draw uh, competitors for like champion of cutest creature or uh, champion of oddest looking mm-hmm. and then someone else sees your fighter but without knowing what the prompt was and has to try and draw a competitor that will be- get more votes than you at a prompt you haven't seen. Yes, and sometimes you can use the name to really throw someone off. Yes. It's like, I can't remember, there was some, somebody had like a handsome greased up man. And then the name of that, I was like, ah, yes, it's it's probably something about being like a, 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 a lubed up um, bodybuilder type. So I built the grease monkey that just had a head that was a bucket of grease. 
and the body of a monkey. Yeah, it's 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 a game of trying to interpret what got someone to an odd prompt and trying to outdo them at what whatever you think got them there. Yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed the one where someone had drawn like lady snake tongue, and yes. I okay, I was like okay, um, well, uh, uh, Lord bees for tongue, bees for tongue. Lord Bees for Tongue. Bees for Tongue kept winning. Yeah. Because everybody loved Bees for Tongue. Yeah, I was like, okay, animal for tongue, but out weird it. <laughs> and Bees for Tongue seemed yeah. to do it. It is a uh, it is a, a, a it's a fun silly little game. Right. That one. Yeah, we had fun. We had fun drawing. Uh next we played some talking points, which is the one where you have to give an speech. Uh, so yes. you, uh, you, you basically everyone comes up with a, a fill in the blanks type prompt, and then you pick one of three prompts that you're given, or a number of prompts that you're given, and then whoever wrote the prompt has to pick uh, quotes and pictures to put up on the screen while you are giving this talk, yeah. uh, trying to sell something or to, explain to something. either help or hinder your ability to. Uh give this presentation yes because they will get points for uh how yeah. how well a thing was received based on that i i love that game we played it right at the end of the night and that is a game that like i very much enjoy but i need to be awake enough to, <laughs> to think on my feet for it is not a game i i can improv on after too long a day you say you couldn't think on your feet but the game we played directly after that was um, Blatherround. Oh, I mean, <laughs> this this works perfectly for like the way my brain works. I love this <laughs> yes, game. Yes, it does. Yes. Like the point that you were getting things within seconds. Yes. Um, so Blatherround is one where you're given prompts that you have to communicate to other players in the room, and they'll usually be like a single word, like a, a, a person, or a movie, or a book, or a, yeah. a, a video game. Or a thing. Uh, or a, a, like a game console or something. Yeah. And you have to communicate it to other people in the room, but with very limited vocabulary, uh, building pre-made sentences. So you'll do, uh, I think the example one was Moby Dick, and it's like, it's about the gigantic impossible, uh, the gigantic pale being. Prompts like that, where you're having to work with fairly awkward word availability. So the prompt was Die Hard. Oh, yes. And the first sentence they put together was, It's a story about determined not teeny human being. Yeah. Their second prompt was, And a horrible wealth villain. <laughs> Their third prompt was, Whoa, an action-packed movie. Yep, and from that I got Die Hard. You did. Um, and things that people have guessed you can start using in your, like, trying to build it out. So sometimes you get the ability to go, like, it's a lot like blank, it's nothing like blank, it's more specific than blank, uh, from things that people have been guessing. We've got your Sound of Music one. Oh, yeah. It's a story about a peppy, joyful individual and an upsetting singing occasion. <laughs> yeah! I was like, how, how do I communicate? I'm happy and joyful and singing, but there's Nazis. <laughs> Sometimes there's no. My, my favourite was the Evangelion one. My prompt was Neon Genesis Evangelion, and I wrote, It's a story about a not wonderful, depressed individual. Yeah. And a giant object hero. Yeah. Whoa, a colossal beast. <laughs> I think you said it's not. Li it's a lot like the Iron Giant. Yes. It's like, okay, depressing stories about big things. Uh, what was this one? Oh, uh, the, the prompt was Oedipus. 
<laughs> They're an upsetting fictional, fictional individual. They enjoy a mama. <laughs> uh, he's so sinful. Known for the murderous, peculiar nature. And they have the complex. They do. Oedipus does have the complex. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the thing with this game is like, you kind of have to play it a few times to get in the groove of it. And I've I've had this experience a few times playing it with groups where the first like game of it you play, everyone's like, this is impossible. I cannot work out. Like everyone's like trying to craft the perfect clue and the perfect clue does not exist. Yep. And they're getting really hung up and not putting many clues in and no one's getting the answers. And then the second round, you start getting like, okay, people are throwing lots of clues out. They're not being so perfectionist. And um, like by the third or fourth round of it we were playing, people were putting like I, I a had small utensil, a small utensil. All everyone three, put spoon. All three people in the room instantly guessed spoon as their first guess <laughs> within a correct. second. Yes, everyone understood. <laughs> you get into a, a rhythm of it, and you understand a small utensil is a spoon. That's the small utensil. <laughs> Like, there is a mode of thinking you get into with it, and it's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> it might be my favourite game on, on that Jackbox. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a fun experience. It's very satisfying when you get in the groove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A, a small utensil. <laughs> it's a small utensil. Spoon! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so have you have you played Punch Elves? Uh, let me check. I think I've I've played a little little. That bit more. was Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the stuff we played on that one. Okay. The 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 other thing I will talk about. I'm just going to talk about one other thing I've played. Um, Ooh. a game called Hazelnut Hex. Ooh. It is a fairly short bullet hell shooter with a delightful sort of almost hand drawn pastel art style, uh, where you play as a witch that is the mascot for a fictional breakfast cereal called Hazelnut Hex. And someone has stolen breakfast. Oh no! And all of their bosses you have to fight against are your friends who didn't get to have breakfast, and therefore they're a bit hangry. Oh no! Then they're, they're, they're in a foul mood, and therefore oh, you got to you got to shoot breakfast cereal at them to to get 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 them back to normal and see if they know about the mystery of where all the breakfast went. Oh, no, no, no. Um, it is it is a fair but challenging uh, bullet hell shooter, and oh. like. As someone who's no good at bullet hell shooters, yeah. uh, I really appreciate that the default for this game is you have unlimited continues, and if you just want to power through and don't care about having a high score, you can just keep hitting continue, and you can have a really fun little half-hour adventure of, like, five five levels, fight some cool bosses. There's a good variety of, like, bullet patterns and enemy types. Like, it is densely packed with... Um, with like original stuff as you go through, yeah. um, and then you're done. And if you then want to like practice individual levels uh, to to you know actually think about score, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I really like for its high score stuff is uh, if you keep hitting continue, your score resets to zero. Want to continue, um, but when you get to the end of the game, uh, the high score that you get to input is not necessarily the one you have when you beat the final boss. Mm. Uh, if there was a continue earlier in the run where you've got a higher score on that one credit, on that okay. one set of lives, they'll go, that was the highest score you got out of one credit, one set of lives, one uh-huh. continue. You can input that score, even though Aww. it wasn't the one you had at the end of the game. Because at means- one point you got that, sco- that, that score off a single continue, so mm. you can pop that in. Yeah. And that felt really nice. Yeah. It sort of encouraged me to go, yeah, I'll push through and try and do the whole run because, you know... 
as long as I get a good stretch in there somewhere, I could get a good score. A good score. It's charming. It's got a, a lot of nice little difficulty stuff in there. Mm-hmm. It is it is is the most like charming and welcoming I've found a, a, a side-scrolling bullet hell shooter in a long time. Yeah. And the characters are sweet and funny, and the ending is very adorable. Yeah. And sometimes you can find a squirrel friend who will help. Squirrel friend. Little squirrel friend. Yay. Uh, what about you? What have you played? I um I I've been having a bit of a, a chug through the Steam Next Fest demos. Ooh yeah, tell uh, me about the things you've been playing. Uh, I played some Arrival Zero Earth. Tell me about that. So it's a horde-based semi-automatic battler, kind of like Vampire Survivors, but you have to stop to shoot. Okay. So basically, it's War of the World Worlds, but in Finland. Okay. So you are a group of people. Yeah. You're wandering around and there will be hordes of aliens or waves of aliens that will come in Mm. and you will have to fight them off. And you do that by moving your people out of peril. Mm -hmm. And when you stop moving, they will shoot. Okay. So basically all you really have to do at any point is if there is any amount of pink over, over any section of the screen... You need to move your people because some of the, someone is about to take a, a, a bullet or, or a, a bomb or something. Oh, okay. So you've got to move them so that they're not in being shot range and then stop moving them so they retaliate. Yes. Okay. Um, you will go to ale houses and find new people. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll initially start with just some machine gunners. Eventually you can get um, wizards who fire lightning bolts Ooh. and... Uh, gosh, what's the other one? Oh, um, flaming arrow archers. Nice. Uh, as you go along, you will open up new characters like snipers and telephone pole shooters. Mm-hmm. So basically, they just shoot telephone poles <laughs> at the enemies. Of course they and do. And they'll just be like these little sprigs of telephone poles poking <laughs> up out of the ground. Um, the snipers, you, you won't ever see the actual sniper, but f- coming from off the edge of the map, you'll see like a little green laser sight just sort Ooh. of scanning around. Uh, eventually you'll get other characters like uh, bazookas or missile launchers. There's, oh gosh, what else is in there? There's there's a few other types of, of random weapons. You get um, buildings that will power up your um, people. So basically they're also, they also get experience. There will be things that, hey, when you've leveled up a character, that we're going to do a little, little um, bombing run across. So it's worth during a fight running to pick up the experience that gets dropped mm. so that that will potentially be more attacks towards you. Eventually you can unlock things like turrets. So as you move around, turrets will be left behind you. So there's always something doing some shooting, even if you can't necessarily stop straight away, there is still something doing a bit of shooting behind you. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I enjoy the, um, enemy designs for the, for the aliens the some of the other character design stuff is a little bit simplistic. I don't know if that's just because it's a demo, um, but yeah, I I have had fun with it. I cannot beat that final boss yeah. yet. There are twelve levels in the demo, mm. and a whole unlock system. When you get five hundred points during the game, you can go back to the main menu and unlock extra things, mm. uh, like as a, as I mentioned the um, bazooka and, um, and 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 missile launcher thing. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that is that is in in next fest. You can check out the demo for that. Have you played anything else? Uh no, that's it for me, really. 
I played one other thing, but I can't remember what it's called, and it wasn't all that good, so... Okay, well... No mention for you, game! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Well then, time for this. Right, hello everyone. I am here today to announce that the future of every single industry is virtual reality. Now, you might be out there saying, of course you're saying that the future of every industry is virtual reality. You own a stake in one of the major virtual reality headset manufacturing platforms. I know, I know. You might assume I'm, it's just because I'm financially invested in the success of VR, but no, I promise you the future of every single industry is VR. And with today's announcement of our new pro virtual reality headset, we will plan for every part of your life to be in VR. Allow me to pitch to you these very realistic use cases. Want to go swimming but need some entertainment? Put on your virtual reality headset and watch your favourite videos in your headset while you swim. Bored in the gym of punching a, a boring punching bag? Now it can look like a boxer that you wish to fight and feel like you have defeated in the ring, making exercise all the more enjoyable. Meetings! Meetings will happen in the virtual world and the physical one. You could be in a room with your colleagues and still wear virtual reality headsets together just so you all look like silly animals while you have a conversation. Everything is VR. Please use VR. No one's using enough VR. We really need more of you to use VR. It's the future. Thank you. Incidentally, this whole presentation will be available in VR. Where oh. it's much better. Oh, shit. I need to get that right. Uh, yeah, it'll definitely, definitely be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I am Klobnock, the butt-stealer. <laughs> oh no! I hope you're not here to steal my butt. Yes, it's kind of in the name. Well, I mean, you could be here to steal anyone's butt. I was hoping it was like, I don't, I don't know, someone else here. Yours is the juiciest. Oh no, don't, don't steal my butt. I need my butt. It's great. I have a good butt. No, I have a terrible butt. Don't steal it. Oh, you have the greatest butt. No, I have a terrible one. I said nothing. It's an excellent butt. I can see it from here. Oh no, oh no. It will be excellent in my collection. How will I be the world's greatest butt reviewer without a good butt? Please, this is my livelihood. Don't steal my butt. I am Klavnak the butt stealer from the demon realm. I steal butts for my butt collection and no one is safe, not even Mario. Wait, you, you, you were the one who stole Mario's butt? Yes, it was a design decision by me. I stole his butt. <laughs> I'm going to give you five seconds to start running. You're going to want to run. No, I am the butt stealer. I will steal your butt. Ow, 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 ow. Oh, okay. no, yeah. not naughty. Yeah. Naughty butt stealer. Oh. No. No. <laughs> Reaching no, for no. the butt. Reaching. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Give Mario his butt back now. No. So, huh, what have you put in your eye? Oh, uh, we popped a couple of things in our eyes this week. We popped a couple of things in our eyes together. We did. Um, we watched the new 2022 Hellraiser. Yeah. I have not looked at what reviews are like for it. I don't know whether it's generally liked or not. Um, I mean, I've I've seen some people talking on Twitter about it. Yeah. I've seen heard heard about people talking on Reddit about it. 
Yeah. Those people can get in the fucking bin. Oh, is, is, is it generally not not so like... It's not Doug Bradley. I really enjoyed it. Doug Bradley liked it. Fuck yeah. you. I, I thought it was a really well uh, handled and paced film in terms yeah. of like, it had a good dramatic tension build. Mm-hmm. It had sort of the character understanding the rules of the situation they were in alongside the viewer mm-hmm. uh, was handled well. The uh the Cenobite designs were I thought oh, fantastic. Amazing. Um I really liked the stuff they did with shifting focal length and yeah. um dimensions of spaces. Yes. I only wish a couple of them had been slightly better lit so I could have truly appreciated them. I he... mean I feel like some of that helps the yeah. the rest of the graphics. I, I mean I feel like some of it is hiding hiding visual acuity, which is fine, I get it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really engaging film. Mm-hmm. Um, the practical effect work for some of the um, mechanical, particularly brass stuff. Yeah, I love their use of brass in this. Yeah, very satisfying. Um, yeah, it was a really good, engaging film. Yeah, there were a couple of moments where I was like, as a purist. I mean, um, and okay, without too much spoilers. The, it, it it's always felt like a lot of the people who get into Hellraiser stuff understand what the box is like. They, they've acquired it because they're deliberately trying yes. to achieve something. Yes. Um, usually something sensational. Yes. Because that's largely what it's been all about. Yeah. And then you get um, other people who would like, so like Hell, Hellbound. Mm. was a, a, a big sort of power thing. Yeah. Hellraiser was about sensation and experience. Yeah. And this, I think, like, initially I was like, hey, that character, yeah, they are kind of a trying to get away from things, looking at things differently. They have a substance abuse problem. But that didn't feel, feel like the kind of person who usually ends up with the box. Yeah, and and he, and he's and he's doing that stuff. So there was a period of like, oh, I'm not sure about this. But then, like, more of the plot is un- un- unveiled. I'm like, oh, I totally I, get it now, I, and I, I totally agree. I, yes, I think it sits for a long time in a space where it almost makes it seem like someone at random has been thrown into this situation against their will, and. Uh, through no desire of their own. And I think yeah. by the end, it does a good job of justifying, no, there is a reason that this person was drawn to the box and the choice they ultimately have to make is tied into who they were at the start and that plays really interestingly with what aspect of the box they would be drawn to. Yes. And also, I think, but I think the thing that worried me a lot at the beginning is it felt like it was doing that horror movie trope of, oh, you did a drugs, you had a sex, oh, you're gonna die now. Here is box, take box yeah. and do I die? And I, I here's the thing, I, I don't think that's what it was going for, and like, I, I want to be re- relatively spoilery, but if the box wanted to punish the person who got it, and go, you uh, I'm trying to work out how to, how to say this. <laughs> how do we tiptoe um, around this? Yeah. If they wanted to, to go, you have done drugs, 
and you deserve to be punished for that. Um, and there is no redemption chance of you turning your life around. There isn't. There is one moment in particular where that could have been the outcome, mm. and it is a conscious decision in the narrative for that to not be the outcome. And I think that's because, you know, the it, it is meant to be a story about someone at a rock bottom point, you know, turning to escapism, having to face life as it is. It's almost Silent Hilly. Yeah. In a sort of like, hey, we're going to expose you to the most horrible and most terrifying things. It, it really does feel... Silent Hill's a really good comparison. Like, Silent Hill at its best when it's being like, hey, you can learn yeah. something or you can fucking die. Yeah. You, you are being put in a situation where you have to you have to learn the lesson that you needed to learn at the start. Yeah. And you will go through some horrors and at the end you will have a chance to be different to how you came into this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I really dug it. Yeah. I yeah, briefly going back to the creature design. Yeah. Like I've heard a lot of people talking about the initial publicity shots of um the new Hellpriest Pinhead. Yes. Um talking about it's not Doug Bradley and even so it's not like the version in the book because those pins aren't jeweled. Well, I mean, if they're, you want, if you want that version, read the book or watch the old, the other films. You'd... Yeah, but the other version, the, uh, the original version of the film, didn't have jeweled pins yeah. either. Um, the, in this one, they are um, uh, pearl headed, and yeah. I think that really works. Yeah, I, I, I understand purists and that they exist, but I'm no, always no, no. like, if you want a pure recreation of the thing you already like, go watch the thing you already like. Imagine like, the thing in your mind a, if you're not an Aphantasiac. A one to one recreation of the thing that you already like that already exists has no purpose to exist. Yeah. Like, let. Let revisitings of stories play around in the space. Yeah. I mean, as someone who grew up loving the Hellraiser series, I really, really enjoyed this. Yeah. It was um, neat. It was neat. It was... It managed to avoid being any of the later Hellraiser movies. It wasn't too cheesy. The, um... Like, just the way things moved and the way things were acted. The design, like, the, there's that character that's bolted together. Yes. There's um the way the one with the open throat is sort of wired together. The the tactility of everything is very satisfying. It all feels like it is physically held in place correctly. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the uh the the stations of the box, shall we say? <laughs> yes. Like just the designs for every version of that were really cool. Like even the updated lament configuration, yeah. I was like I really like that because it is quite yeah. true to the original, while also it, yeah. like being really interesting and more and, detailed. And as every stage was being uh, manipulated, it felt like a physical object that could exist that had the right sort of weight and momentum to it yeah. to feel satisfying to watch. Yeah, it had the the weight it needed to have, both metaphorically and literally. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Excellent. I am very glad. Um, yeah. I'm curious if we get more in that as a, as a series. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Also, um, is Hellpriest now a Disney princess? Uh, yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> uh, we also watched Werewolf by Night. 
We did. A Marvel Cinematic Universe. Don't give Disney any money. Uh, a Marvel spe- Showcase production? Uh, presentation, presentation or whatever it was called. Uh, completely like zero advertising behind it, but it is... Oh, it had been advertised, just not to us. I mean, I had heard nothing of it. I had heard and about it. And it was already out and I'd heard nothing of it. <laughs> it is a maybe an hour long, black and white, largely, um, sort of play on classic monster movies. Um, yeah. It's story of a group of monster hunters coming together to try and win a powerful artifact by hunting a monster in a maze. Yep. And... I think it does a really good job of being very faithful to old monster movies, with the basic exception of fight scenes being a lot more modern paced and choreographed, which I think is largely to its benefit. Yeah, it's it's not, um, was it Mask of Zorro with the fight on the the spiral (laughs) staircase? It's not that, it's, you know, modern uh, Marvel movie fight scenes. Um, we it's, get it's a little like, bit of blood. Ooh. It's like when we a while back watched that edit of Star Wars of the oh, original War in the Star Stars, Wars, the Grindhouse edit. Yes, that has that one like modern CGI uh, lightsaber fight edited in. That's not. Oh in the no, Grindhouse that's sorry. We're, in the... we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one. Yes, that one edit that's like yeah, it, classic Star Wars as you remember it, but we edited in a more fast-paced fight, a, a lightsaber fight. Yeah, like it's it's that kind of vibe. It's so good. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I love the character design. Um, so Werewolf by Night is the comic book that Moonlight first shows up in. I think he shows up in like episode in in like issue yeah. eight or something of of that. I comic can book. see tonally how that would be the case. I I generally really enjoyed this. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I liked the um decision that it was black and white it looked like it was lit properly yes um for black and white yes it you were saying while we were watching it but like wondering whether they'd have to paint the actors a bit of a color to get that good yeah if they'd use that sort of blue and green makeup um styling yeah Um, because like i think ever since i learned that the adams family house was pink i have wondered about things like things shot in black and white like what color the sets actually are yeah and there are a few things that are artificially added to the visual look, but I think they use sparingly enough that they're charming. Yeah. Like the uh, the little flicker in the top right is the like uh, you oh the, to, um, the the real cigarette chair. burn. Yeah. Yes, yes. Like there's little things that like yeah you clearly added that in, but also it's you you did, you held back enough that it was kind of charming. Yeah, and the like the opening sequence, the the yeah. um, credits with those slightly um, blown out, lit from behind. Um, like up on a silver screen style lines. Yep. I really loved a costume design toward the end that felt very dated in how it was representing its sort of character archetype. Yeah. Um it's like, oh yeah, that is exactly how you would have dressed that character to make them look like that like 30 years ago, and that's great. Yeah. Um without being too spoily it was spoilery. Uh, what else can we say? There, there, there are some other costuming slash uh, design choices in this that are really fascinating. There's a scene right at the beginning when they walk into this big room and there's like heads of various monsters on the walls. Yes, the vampire in that looks amazing. Oh, I had a good laugh at the um, the animatronic thing oh. that occurred. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> It's charming. Go. It's an hour. It's a yeah, fun watch. It's an hour. Go, 
Yeah. Find your friend, see if you can get that har har. Uh, well, I don't know what I mean. <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else this week? Nothing major. Uh, updates on things we have been watching progressively. We watched yeah. the new She-Hulk and or and uh, Rings of Power. Rings yeah. of Power is progressing interestingly and feels yeah. about a uh, hundred years further along than it should be. Uh, and or I think this week's episode was a very interesting depiction of the problems that come from trying to organise left-leaning political people under a unified cause when the reasons they've come to rebellion and resistance, uh, they've come there for very different reasons, and while they have more in common than they have uh, against each other, that can still be a cause of infighting between groups trying to get shit done. As opposed to fascists, he'll just see through all of that and work to destroy us. Right, then, <laughs> yeah. And, like, it is a critique that we have discussed before, I'm oh, yeah. sure, but, uh, yeah, this episode really did a good job of, like, keeping that bit of uh, trying to organise a leftist resistance yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, I've, yeah. Well, not, not quite full-on resistance, but, like... <sighs> Trying to organise leftists in in a positive, mm-hmm. you know, pro-action uh-huh. space. Uh-huh. Yep. And and just the infighting that can yes. occur. Yes. Please. Indeed. Can we just fight together against the actual enemy? Indeed. <laughs> um, we also watched the most recent She-Hulk, which the finale will be up mm. by the time that like this goes up to the general mm. public. But um, all I will say is. I think that the villain that has been established for the finale makes perfect sense as being the the kind of villain that could really cause problems for She-Hulk. Mm. I think when you have uh when you are very physically powerful as a superhero and you are not secretive about who you are, there are very few avenues to attack you from. Mm. And I think this did a really good job of establishing a weakness that She-Hulk has and uh, an avenue to attack her from. I think it is a brave... It is also a story of our time. Yeah, it is a it is a brave choice that I did not expect to see. And I, f- I feel like, like the people who were already going to scream wokery about this show I mean, have probably already done it. Yeah, if they're still I, watching. I mean... They're also the kind of person this kind of story is aiming to critique as villains. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if they're still watching. Yes. I, nearly I, eight episodes down the I, line. I am deathly uh, intrigued to see how the finale pays off, because like, I really hope that the topic they have delved into, they tackle with the uh, the respect it deserves. Three days of DDoS attacks against Disney. Yeah, <laughs> that is my prediction for what happens come the release of She-Hulk. We will, we will see. <laughs> um, yeah, you watched anything else this week? Uh, that's about it. Uh, I watched a couple of other things. I'll very quickly skim yeah. through. Um, I've been I've been on a real kick of just having like Yu Yu Gi Oh retrospective videos on recently while mm. working. Um, today I was watching Yu Gi Oh ban list history. Every Band Yu-Gi-Oh! Monster by Year, 2004 to tw- uh, 2022, on the YouTube channel Mage Capital G. It is exactly what it sounds like, 
going through every banned monster card in the history of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, chronologically and sort of explaining its banned or unbanned or rebanned status in context of the meta at the time. Uh, the other thing I, I watched a couple of episodes of, and I probably won't watch any further on, but I was curious, I started watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Vrains, which is one of the more recent Yu-Gi-Oh! anime series. Uh, it was the series that released as they were introducing Link Summoning as a mechanic, and I was like, you know what, used to really enjoy the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime, really curious what it's doing like at the moment, slash maybe this is an interesting way to get a sense of how some of these summoning, summoning mechanics work, at least on paper as far as the, the anime is concerned. The first two episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns are fascinating from a narrative critique perspective. Episode 1 contains no Yu-Gi-Oh! Hmm. There is an entire episode with no Yu-Gi-Oh! It is an episode about an AI escaping a magical realm called the Cyberverse that was being harnessed for an evil tech corporation to make advances with technology, and there's a virtual world that, that dueling goes on in, but there's also hackers there, and uh, it, it's if you die in the game, you die for real <gasps> VR rules. And our protagonist is a hacker, and he's the 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 the, the coolest duelist in the virtual space. But no one knows in real life because he can't let anyone know his real identity because because he's he's a hacker and he's fighting the bad hackers. And it's all of this bullshit is occurring, and I'm like, there is no Yu-Gi-Oh here to be seen. The second episode eventually gets to some Yu-Gi-Oh, and this is what put me off watching this. So, firstly, it's not playing standard Yu-Gi-Oh! It is playing something that was introduced as a rules variant around the same time called Speed Duels, which, in theory, totally fine. Um, it is a smaller number of creatures you can have out in the field at a time, smaller life point count, smaller hand size limit, um, designed to just be a quicker variant of the game. Um, it feels a little forced the way they shoehorn it in, but that's not the thing that annoyed me. Um, the main antagonists are a bunch of hackers, so they can just always have whatever cards they need to because they're just inventing cards. Uh, oh, they're hacking in cards that don't really exist to, uh, to make their deck stronger. Right. Except they're not hacking in cards that have like unlimited attack, unlimited defense, cannot be destroyed, cannot be targeted, is perfect. They're, they're, they're hacking in very achievable cards that would work within the meta. And that is just. Their too, problem is just that they lack imagination. It's too fucking distracting to me that, like, <laughs> that these hackers that are hacking in impossible cards are just hacking in very fucking normal cards. But the. The thing that annoys me perhaps most is, like, there's a bunch of. There's a bunch of gubbins around it that, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! its last couple of adaptations have, like, kept doing this. They can't just play Yu-Gi-Oh! anymore. There was Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds where they had to do Yu-Gi-Oh! on motorcycles, and there were special kind of cards that that affected the, the dual terrain and made you do cool jumps on your motorcycle. Like, things that are nothing to do with Yu-Gi-Oh! that are sort of spliced in. Mm -hmm. This one, you're flying on hoverboards... And some of the game mechanics involve like, ah, you, I took life point damage, but also I'm about to fall off my hoverboard. Like, there's a there's a bunch of this bullshit getting in the way. Mm -hmm. And the main character, uh, all the characters in this, because they're playing speed duels, have uh, a deck skill, which is a 
in 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 Speed Duel there are a limited number of these that you pick to have like as a character class. But the problem being, uh, our main character's one of these it makes no sense within the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh itself, and it is the most blatant anime power possible. And I know that Yu-Gi-Oh has always had the protagonist draws exactly the card they need at exactly the right moment, but this was just so lacking in transparency about it. His ability is, if I fly my hoverboard into a tornado, I will get one random uh, card from the cyberverse that wasn't in my deck before and it'll be exactly what I need to win the duel. And it's just an excuse for him to fly into a tornado each duel and get a new card that is exactly the thing to get him out of the situation he's in. It makes the idea of him having built a deck that is good completely irrelevant because the thing that it seems like the thing that's going to win him every duel is a card that wasn't in his deck when he started the duel that just randomly was selected and happened to be perfect for this exact situation i want i wanted to watch some Yu-Gi-Oh, and this wasn't grabbing me so that's my experience with the first two episodes if it get if rains gets better after the episode two someone let me know but like episodes one and two you did a bad job they weren't grabbing what i was hoping for out of a Yu-Gi-Oh. you did a bad job out of a Yu-Gi-Oh. but yeah is that everything we've watched? I think that's everything we've watched. Well then, time for this. Ooh. No, no, we got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like the carded games? I do enjoy a good card game. You do? Well, have you heard of Metacard? No, I Dot haven't. Tell, net. tell me about Metacard. Well, it's a card game where your real life achievements impact your card strength. Okay, okay. This card gets an attack boost if you currently attending medical school. Well, oh, what? Okay, you don't you don't get it if you've already like uh, passed medical school. If you're a doctor, no, that you gives you a health bonus. Oh, that gives you a health bonus. I see. Yeah. I see. Different card for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, this one gains protections from effects if you've got a perfect credit for credit rating. Uh, wh- wow. Okay. This is this is quite tall. Mm-hmm. This is quite all asks. Uh, what, okay, give me some more. Uh, this one gains a bonus if you've already filed your taxes for the upcoming financial year. I. This seems like a lot of... I mean, I'm looking at the cards. Those are some really significant upgrades. Like, I'm going to have a much better chance in the like, competitive meta Yeah. if I do that. I might it's just to, like real life. I might have to sign up to go to medical school. I really want that attack bonus. Do you have... Thirty-five thousand pounds ready for your medical. No, debt. but I shouldn't debt. Yeah, but my combo's not going to work unless I get the buff that makes that a four-four creature. Well, get your life in order. In order to improve deck viability, make major life decisions based on synergy potential. With metacard.lol.net. Go over there now. Enter the code Q and PS two three two. And you can get 10% off your first starter deck of cards. And, you know, maybe recently pre-ordered a card game will get you a bonus. Ooh, ooh, this one lets me draw cards for having an inbox at zero unread messages. Never going to get that. No, no, that's just never going to happen. That's just important. That's the most impossible here. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, we've, we've, uh, I, I've been, I've been thinking about something. Right. So, you know, we've got those, uh, free-to-play games. Yeah. Unquote, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you can technically play for free, but we're trying to get everyone to pay the microtransactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, here's, here's my problem with this whole setup. 
anyone who's playing for free. Right. Yeah. All the poor people who aren't spending money. Right. You know, they are still using up like data bandwidth and using up server space. Like we're having to spend money to make servers that they can be on to play. Yeah. So yeah. I'm wondering, is there a way we can make it so only the people with money who are going to spend. Right. Or, you know, have a chance of spending. Right. People with more money than cents. They're the only ones that play the game. So we only have to make server space for people who actually will buy microtransactions. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I've been thinking about this. So uh, we could make sure that people need to have a phone contract, like none of those cheapskates on uh, pay-as-you-go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless you, you've got a contracted phone and you, you sign up with us, you can't play. Right, right. Uh, maybe, uh, oh, what do we got? What do we got? Um, maybe you need an Apple Watch for login verification. Right, like right. That's, that's going to get us in on a market that's got money to burn. Yeah, you need a, a written letter from your financial advisor saying that you hold some shares. Exactly. Uh, the only way to access new characters is uh, via the onboard display in a Tesla. Got to use your Tesla's touchscreen to get new characters. Right, right. You need uh, uh, authorization approval for a mortgage from a uh, bank manager in order in order to get the battle pass. You are fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your ears? Ah, oh, well, I mean, there's one main thing that I put in my ears and then it, it sent me on a bit of a spiraled uh, oh my. set of thoughts. Um, I listened to three heavily watermarked 10-second clips of oh. leaked My Chemical Romance songs from their scrapped album, The Paper Kingdom. Yeah, you did. Yeah, so like, there's a whole there's a whole drama going on around this on uh, online. The short version, MCR were going to create an album that would have been their final album. It would have been the one to come after Danger Days. They were trying to go back to the sort of the the tone of the Black Parade. They kind of forced it. It ended up being the darkest material they'd ever written. They were having a miserable time writing it. Did not want that to be like the thing that they would then have to go and tour for forever it was an album about a support group of parents who'd all lost uh children their children had all died in various ways and as gerard way puts it in interviews i didn't much feel like the thought of going out on stage uh every night for an entire tour having to having to be the stage persona of parent who's lost a child i'm like yeah that sounds like that was a lot yeah but this lost piece of mcr media that like from what we understand, there was a largely, like, most of the tracks of what would have been the album were recorded, at least at demo stage. A few of them had, like, studio recordings. One of them was released, Fake Your Death. Mm -hmm. uh, Fake Your Death that was on one of the um, anniversary re-releases. -re uh, the last song the band officially put out before um, breaking up. Fake, Fake Your Death was off that album. And then... Some clips start popping up online, and allegedly someone has somehow procured a copy of that album, largely demo, single-take demo recordings, but a few polished tracks, mm -hmm. and is trying to sell them for 10 grand online. Then someone else came out and was like, yeah, these have been circulating for like six years in private collector hands under the agreement no one would ever try, would ever sell them or like hold them to ransom. So fuck it. Maybe I just put them out there so that this person can't, like, make a 10 grand payday off of it. It's a whole drama that's ongoing at the moment. But, point being, I ended up listening to three tiny little snippets of MCR songs uh, that I 
did my best to minimise the volume of the obnoxious watermark in oh. to make them more listenable without yeah. being shouted at by a robot. They are all really fascinating little clips. The first two that are called Dark Cloud and Witch are very sort of like, they're very melancholy. Um, they, There is definitely stuff in the Foundations of Decay that I can hear and go, yeah, I can, I can hear some of that sort of energy in here, but like less... Intense and metal, like a sort of more subdued Foundations of Decay. Mm. Uh, one of them, called Wake Up, is completely different tonally. It's like, it feels like a 1950s rock and roll track. Cool. And I'm very curious how that would have fit into a grander overall picture. And the reason I bring this up is less to do with these three tracks. It's that hearing those three tracks at the same time as some rumours about a new album maybe being announced on Halloween activated hyperfixation, My Chemical Romance brain. Yeah. And... I might have just listened to the Foundations of Decay um, on loop for a while. So, My Chemical, Romance, My Chemical Romance Brain is back in full hyperfixation because maybe there's a couple of avenues by which music might occur. Yeah, what about you? What have you listened to this week? Nothing nearly that interesting. Um, I'm chugging on with uh, Night Vale. I've listened to a whole bunch more of that. We've had the list episodes. Remember the list? Yes. Do you remember the list? I hope you remember the list. The list's really important. So are you having the one where the list appeared or the one where the list comes back around? The one where the list comes back around. Yes. Did you remember the list? I didn't remember the list. I, I, I'm not Turn. surprised you have ADHD. I'm not surprised you didn't remember the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew that episode was coming. Yeah. Because I've got up this far before. The first time I attempted <laughs> this. Carlos is still lost in the other desert. Uh, oh, sorry, Carlos is spending some time in the desert other world. Mm. Um, we've just had the, uh, what was it, Briny Depths episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why won't our sleeper agent activate? <laughs> hey, hey, sleeper agent. Save Rainy Depths again. It's our birthday. <laughs> yeah, um, he's still enjoying it. Still very much enjoying Cecil's voice. And and yeah, more more of that, please. Apart from that, not really listened to much. Enjoyed the music from the Alice, uh, Alice is Missing video. Yeah. Because basically for like 90 minutes, it, it plays music at you. Like it starts off sort of a little bit like gentle country type stuff and then like towards the end it's like da -da 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 -da. It, it, it builds a, a a pace and a tone really well yeah like it's pretty sort of melancholic and and quiet at the beginning but by the mm. end it, it is really pacing up into like drama and action which like paced with how we were like writing our story as well like driving across town flipping cars and yeah and all sorts. Well, uh, well, yeah, I think that's about it, though. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I've I've really listened to is I listened to two versions of a song that was new to me. Um, uh, I'm going to spell out the title because I'm not certain on pronunciation. A N A space N G. Anna ing ing Anna ing. So I first listened to a version of this song by Star Fucking Hipsters. Uh, is that what it was called? Yeah, Star Fucking Hipsters. So this is a cover of a song by They Might Be Giants. Okay. Um, but the the cover is like a a scar cover. Um, with two vocalists, one of whom's very like high pitched femme vocalist that you don't tend to hear with scar so much, mm -hmm. and the other is a very sort of crust punk raspy voice. Okay. But over a very upbeat knees up energy, 
uh, singing this song about the sort of distance separating you from someone you love and wanting to leave everything and go be where they are. Mm. Uh, really interesting track. And then I went and listened to the original They Might Be Giants version. Much less of a... It's not a Scar track. It's much more of like... Vocally, it's almost like grunge in its sort of vocal tone. Mm. Less less speedy and upbeat than Scar, but still somewhat fast and upbeat for such a grungy vocal track. Like, yeah. it is faster and more upbeat than you would expect with those vocals. And plays around with really interesting sounds and unexpected pacing changes. Both of these are very different versions of this song, but the thing that they really uh, holds them together is a similar dissonance between voice, uh, the voices and the sound of the music, and an unpredictable erraticness to the pacing that both tracks have managed to capture in very different ways. Mm -hmm. Both versions are really interesting, and they're really interesting to listen to back to back and sort of compare. Yeah. A good example of a cover that like is transformative of the original while still capturing like the same elements that make the original interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that was the song I listened to. Yay. Uh, I think that's everything I've ever listened to this week. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. Hey. hey, how you doing? Oh, good. It's it's been a while. Yeah, you know, I've been been out been outside a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking you're looking great. Thanks. You know, I've I've cut out salt and and yeast ridden bread, and iron and and bells. Been leaving milk out a lot. Le leaving milk out of what? Doing doing the running man in mushroom circles. Uh, mushroom circles, you say? Yeah, you know how like mushroom circles. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Them. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, just going into those and having a little jiggle around, bit of a dance. And how's that been going for you? It hasn't worked yet. Worked? Yeah. Well, you know how everything's awful, right? I thought maybe if I could just get kidnapped by the Fae. I mean, they couldn't take you anywhere worse than here, right? I guess. I mean, unless. Boris Johnson has quit being Prime Minister of the UK and moved on to the Feywilds. I think I might be alright, you know? Yeah, okay. I mean, oh, uh, look, I have a... Okay, okay, I've, I've got it, I've got it. Okay. I, I have a name that I might carelessly use in a sentence and no longer have ownership oh, of. Oh, I could give my name, too. I've got so many. Oh, I've if got someone three asked me names. to give... If someone said... Ah, uh, give give me give me your name. I would answer them with my name. That would be tempting. My full name. I've got three middle names and a double barrel surname. Oh, that's so much name. That's so much name. I mean, that'd keep me going for ages, right? Also, I don't have any oh. iron, and here is some milk. Oh, 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 there they are. There they are. Okay. Hi. Please steal us. Please take us away. My parents already said I was away with the fairies. Bring me, bring me back. Gosh, they're so needy, aren't they? Yeah. Right, right, so we, uh, got some ideas, haven't we? Oh, I mean, we've looked at the, uh, the numbers. Yes, yes. Smile, very, very popular, very, very popular, did well at yes. the box office. Indeed. We'd indeed. love a bit of that. Yes, people, people seem to love a horror film themed around a facial expression. Exactly, so, uh, I just, if we can just get some more facial expressions, and we'll we'll try them each on, and we'll see which one we think might look, uh, you know, sort of menacing for for long-term use in a film. Well, so what what have you got? Well, I've got um, 
Jovial wink. Okay, so let's see that one. Hmm. It's, it's sort of like implying something's... Oh, oh, we're supposed to be in on something. What is it we're meant to be in on? The fact we're in a horror film. Okay, let me try that. Oh, oh, everyone's winking at me. Oh, that's weird. Hmm. Hmm. I think the thing with the wink is, is that it's one thing you have to sort of... Sort of toggle on and off. Like an eye strobe. Uh, the... The... the, <laughs> the pro- <laughs> Fuck. The, the, the problem is it's not just one thing that sort of sits there menacingly, and if you just, just with the eye closed, it's really, really more of a, a squint at that time. I suppose. S- same problem with Blink. Yes, I mean, you could just be asleep at that point, I, I suppose. Mean, yeah, if we do Blink, people just think, oh, oh, that person's got something in their eye. They won't realise that's sort of viral marketing for a horror film. It's not really being directed. It's very difficult to direct it without the, the point of eye contact, I suppose. Oh, what, what about Ponder? Uh, show me Ponder. Mm. 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 You look like you're trying to tell if you know me. Like you've spotted me in the street and you're like, is that... Are you the person who's going to die? Is that Gregory? Are you the person who's going to die in this horror film? Hmm. Mm. By the one I... Oh, I don't... I don't put, that, put that one on the maybe list. Okay, okay. What have you got? Okay, I've got Glare. Oh, show me Glare. Ooh. Ooh. That is very intense. That is very intense. If you, I mean, if you can keep that face up for, for, for 90 minutes... Uh, well, I won't be the film, but we can probably get to uh, one, of, one of those... Um, uh, one of them. Actors. Chris Pratt. No, that, that's, well, that is one of them. That's one of the actors. Actor, but, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry, an actor. <laughs> just an actor. Not a, not a Chris Pratt. No, just an actor. <laughs> yes, a, gl- a glare could do. I, a sort of, oh, no, have I forgotten to do something? Oops, I've forgotten to die. <laughs> I hate it when I forget to do that. <laughs> oh, that's why they're glaring at me. I forgot to die. Oh, uh, what about this one? Oh, is that, is that, a, is that a wince? That's a wince. That's a wince. Well, I mean, that makes it look like you've, you've sort of already been stabbed and are, are mid-dying. Ah. Uh, that, that sort of looks like the thing's already happened to you. It doesn't you. menace you in any it's way. Not, it's not tension building. It's not sinister to look no. at. Just... It seems like a crime happened to you before I arrived. Not that, that you are a portent of crimes. You, you try that you. one. Let's see that. Let's see that. Oh, oh, that just looks like you're eating something with a lot of citric acid right, on it, right, like a, right. a lemon or a, a, one of those sours. Uh, what, what if we just do a sort of comical frown? That's sort of the opposite of a smile, I guess. It's you, look, you look like you're about to uh, throw the, a massive strop in Walmart. <laughs> it, 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 it's hard to make the sort of, the sort of curved semicircle shape d- downwards. It's not so easy. Uh, you're doing the right job, mate. And Carl Urban's very good at that. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean you're making the mouth through. Your eyes are not, not telling me frown, but uh, I, <laughs> I reckon Carl Urban would be great okay, in, okay. in, in we'll put frown. Put in the maybe pile if we can get Carl Urban. If on we can board. get Carl Urban on, maybe frown. Uh, okay. What 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 else, what, what about uh, this one? Oh, what's what's that's ooh, a sneer. That's, that's a sneer, is it? It's a sneer. I, I mean, I would I would check to make sure I hadn't stepped in something something foul. If you're giving me that look, I, I would just assume you were a Tory, really. If you're giving me that look, well, like I looked at someone poorer than I. Exactly, exactly. Like that only works if the killer in our film is a rich person killing all the poors. Yes, I suppose so. It does rather look like I've just taken a like a needle and thread and put one through my my, my lip. My one side of my lip, my cheek, and then like into my eyebrow, and just cinched the whole that side in in one direction. Just oh yes, squinty. Well, I I think we've got a, we've got a good amount to work with here. Did you have any last ones? Uh, oh, dry uh, out the others. Oh, oh, how about this? Oh, oh, that's uh, 
What, what's that one? That one's a glower. That's a glower. Is that is one it? working for you? I mean, I mean, I mean, it looks like you're you're trying to see someone in the distance. Tell whether that's it your is. friend. Or not. Bit close to the squint, is it? Yeah, it's a little closer to the squint. It's fine. I think we've got some good stuff to work with. We'll get Carl Urban's people on the phone and yeah, yeah, see yeah. whether that's the direction we can work with. Good. Excellent. Good, good, good. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How are you doing? Not too bad, mate. You, uh, you been up so much? Oh, you know, I've, uh, I feel like we might have had this conversation before, but it's, uh, it's been cropping up again this week and... I've been thinking about uh, fixed rate fines for crimes as a thing. Yeah, who's been criming this week? There's been uh, oh, there's been a few breezing through. Oh, it. there's been a few examples. Uh, there was a resurgence of a story I've seen before about uh, you know uh, some mega rich celebrity type who uh, wanted to get building work done and just agreed to pay for uh, all the parking fines that his contractors would get for parking on on lines they weren't meant to. Right, because yeah. you know for him. That was just a cost that, you know, that story came back up and it it got me thinking about a thing that it's come up many a time and yeah. it'll always be a problem until we deal with it. That if you have a if you have a crime that is punishable by just a fixed amount that yeah, the average yeah, person yeah. would consider a deterrent, yeah. that's not that's not uh, that's not making it illegal to do the thing. No. All it's doing is it's, it's making it expensive. To it's do it's making it so that it's that rich people can do it and it's illegal for poor people. Yeah. Because like you know, you you see this all the time with like rich people who you know park on double yellow lines. Because like the way they see it is like it's like when you go to a car park and there's listed prices of how you know how much it's going to cost to park there for a time. It's like oh yeah, hundred and fifty pound fine. Yeah, that's just the price to park there. I'll park yeah. there. Um, but you see it with like corporations being given fixed amount fines when they've done wrong rather than anyone getting any fucking prison time it's yeah, yeah, if you've yeah. got enough money a fine means fucking nothing yeah i mean we i think it's uh you know one couple of northern european countries have the uh it's it's on a sliding scale of what your your uh, you know your ability to pay is yes which in theory is a much better way of doing it and like it would be a step in the right direction but the thing that needs pointing out about that model is it requires a person's wealth to be on the books right, and yeah. uh as in theory it is a great idea but it doesn't do a huge amount when you know billionaires have all their fucking wealth in offshore tax havens that you know are off off the books and whatnot but you know i, re I reckon there is actually one way around that right yeah yeah you know when you go on a google and you <laughs> oh, type yeah, in yeah, like yeah. person's name wealth yeah yeah and you get you know people like uh online celebrities influencers yeah. youtube and <laughs> yeah. stuff and it'll be like oh they've got Three million pounds. I mean, I, I did it for someone I know recently, and it said they had five million pounds, and I was like, "Oh fuck, no, they don't. They don't know. They pro probably struggling day to day in many probably. cases." Probably. Yeah. Ah. Uh, well, you uh, you fa fancy hard, mate. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, good hug, mate, good hug. Right, I think I'll uh, pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes? Tell us about book. 
book? Which, which, what, what book? What, what book? Pick a book. I, uh, well, I got many books. Uncomfortable labels. Uh, g- gender euphoria. Things I learned from Mario's butt. That's relevant. Uh, yeah, that's that's relevant at the moment. Go check out a book about video game character butt reviews. Uh, me and my dysphoria monster. Uh, there's another one, but I'm going to throw that one over to you. Because we did the, the we, other one. We did. We've just done the, the proof editing version of that. Yeah, uh, we, we, we got given the, the version that had, like, it had the like the layout has been done. It's it's sort of looking how it will look in the book. Yeah. And they're like, hey, last chance to make sure it's how you want it, because then it's gonna get printed. Yeah. Hopefully we've corrected all of that now. Ah, uh, there'll be something we've missed. There always is. Probably. This is the curse of books. No matter how big an author you ask, they'll always go, yeah. No. We get one last read of this, don't we? Before we, we get one last, we get one last read. It's gonna come back to us one last time. What? And then it's out of our hands entirely yeah. uh, until it releases in February. Given that it took me two days to read, and at one point I nearly went blind reading it. There's a lot of book for two people who don't sit and laser focus on book very often. Yeah, yeah. But we did it. Yeah, we yeah. did. We read it, and yeah. we've, we've made some decisions that have, have, will be incorporated. We've asked for our Oxford commas back. <laughs> um. Yeah, and and hopefully some some changey type stuff to to um headings and stuff. So yeah. it's it's very very minor. It's just been tweaking all the little like t- the tiny little formatting things. And can confirm after what we're on there like five or six yeah. full read throughs, still making us laugh. Yeah, still enjoy the book. Yeah, mm-hmm. still think it's good after after reading it many times. Many times, which is often not the case. No, I can imagine not. I, yeah. I don't know if I want to read it much more after this. I mean, <laughs> look, not for a few years anyway. I mean, look, I usually don't end up reading my own books once they're out at a certain point because I'm like, <laughs> I read them enough times. I've read them so many times. <laughs> I might read little snippets of it, but I ain't reading the whole thing and like lasering through it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe at one point. Maybe yeah. if I ever reach a retirement age and I get some time, yeah. I'll sit and read Look the back book. And go, oh, yeah, we did that. Oh, the book. Yeah. I, I remember reading this book. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, isn't it fun how we started out as <laughs> Fidget and, uh, and Esmeralda and we ended up in Candace and Jeanette? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Very excited for that. That's who hunts the whale. It's available at unbound.com/book/whale. Yeah. You can still get a signed copy, but you cannot get your name in the book. You can still get swag. You can still get all sorts of very cool stuff. And I encourage you to do so. Yeah. That's unbound.com/book/whale. Yeah. Laura, other places we can find you on the internet. Tell uh, us about those. Laura K Buzz, just everywhere. Laura K Buzz, all the places. Laura K Buzz, you'll find me. TikTok. Laura K, Laura Laura, K Buzz. Laura K Buzz everywhere. Laura K Buzz everywhere. What about you? Me? Where am I? Oh well, I am at Linktree. Uh, that's link uh, linktr.ee uh, slash Janiac J A N E I H C. You can find all of all of the things that I do, those are important, useful, yeah. and helpful. I'm I'm ex- excitedly doing all sorts of things right now. Uh, doing things. Uh, you can support me over at Patreon.com/stonedmonkeyradio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify seventy-six hour work week and more, and you know, um, help me get some maybe get some time off. To make some to make some music. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, by time off, I mean time not doing a day job, and instead doing creative things for your enjoyment, uh, such as 
writing and and making music. Yeah. Because I try to do those things and I hope that you will enjoy them. I think that's the most important things. Laura, will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>